this literally led to me making more money. So if I could outsource some of the little tasks like graphics and stories, then I could focus on more sales generating activities. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine to five escapee turned six figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. I have had a very exciting week. If you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen that my boyfriend and I picked up our brand new car. I cannot believe it. Like, I cannot believe that I own a new car. Like, a car that had, like, no kilometers. Just, like, the bare kilometers that it got just driving off the boat at Wellington Port to the car dealership. Like, no one else has sat in this car, driven this car. It's such a crazy feeling. And very, very special. Feeling very grateful for that. Bought it with my boyfriend. So, that obviously makes it more affordable. But I think it's just such a milestone for the both of us. We've never owned new cars, either of us. And it's a real... I guess celebration for the both of us how far we've come to be in this financial position to be able to buy this dream car and if you missed it on Instagram it is a Suzuki Jimny and I love it my boyfriend teases me constantly because he says I only want it because it looks like a baby Mercedes G-Wagon and let's be honest that is a little bit true like your girl is just a Kardashian in the making and she can't quite afford the G-Wagon yet so we're going for the black Suzuki Jimny. But I'm really excited. We've been collecting up um, camping gear over the last few months. Fun fact, we ordered this car nine months ago. So it's taken nine months to get made and shipped into New Zealand. And we've had a lot of time to research camping gear and save up for that. And we're really excited for all the adventures that we're going to have in this car. But the other very exciting thing that happened this week, the other milestone, I finally launched my mastermind. Scale on social has been something that I have been developing all year long and I'm really excited it's now out there in the world and we're actually 50% sold out. (laughs) So it's kind of funny to say that. I only have four spots available in this mastermind so basically I've sold two spots. (laughs) So we only have two left as of recording this. So if you are keen to be involved, definitely hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM if you have any questions, or I will pop the direct link to the sales page with more information in today's show notes. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for this mastermind. It is really the ultimate supportive container for social media managers wanting to grow their business and wanting to hit that big six-figure milestone. That's what it's all about. It's all about scaling, growing your business, stepping into a premium price point, and you get to work one-on-one with me. You also get monthly group calls. You're going to have an accountability buddy. There's going to be guest speakers. There's going to be little goodie boxes because I love getting presents in the post and want to integrate that into my programs as well. Or the mail, as I think Americans call it, post mail. Never know. 
But anyway, I wanted to start off today's episode by just letting you know that we only have two spots left in the mastermind. If you would like to sign up as of recording this, we may have sold a few more spots, hopefully by the time you're listening to this. But if you are keen to be involved, we start on July 4th. So I'm going to leave the link to the sales page in today's show notes. And one of the things that's a big focus for the program is outsourcing, building your dream team. And that's what I really wanted to talk about in today's episode. Give you guys a little bit of guidance and advice if you feel like you might be ready for outsourcing or you're confused about what you could outsource or just what to do if you're thinking about hiring your first team member. This has been a real journey for me and I think I've picked up a lot of tips and advice being through this process myself and I'm excited to share that with you today. So how to know when you need to hire or outsource? This is the first question to tackle. The main warning sign for me was that I was up to my eyeballs in work. I could no longer do everything. I felt quite spread thin in a way. I couldn't take on any more clients because there just wasn't enough space or time. If you're really busy, if you're feeling maybe the tingling warning signs of burnout, this is definitely a sign to outsource. Or on the flip side, if you would like to be a little bit more organized and do better than me, and instead of waiting till you get to this point, you could actually look to hire someone a little bit earlier. So maybe you're in this boat where, hey, you only have two or three clients, but you'd love to start building a relationship with a contractor and seeing how that dynamic works, bring someone in to help you from the beginning. And then this is going to make scaling that much faster for you. It's going to free up time to do more sales activities, create more lead generations for your business and really start to grow because you've already got help. And I think the really cool thing with hiring a contractor, again, this this episode I'm really talking about in the context of contractors, because personally, I don't have any experience hiring employees. And I do think there's a lot more advantages with working with contractors, especially when you are in those early stages of running a business. Maybe in a couple of years time, I would look to hire an employee. But right now, this really suits my business and my style of business. And the way it really started for me with hiring a contractor was getting them on board to just work a couple of hours a week. So I think I started with just two hours a week or maybe even an hour a week with my first virtual assistant. Now, I'm going to get in a second into who you should hire as your first position and what kind of roles you could potentially add into your business. But for me, coming back to the reasons why I hired a contractor was I found it really comforting that I could scale up and down their hours depending on my client load. So I could start small and just make that investment of hiring someone spending a couple of hundred dollars a month and just getting them in for an hour to feel out if this was the right position that I needed, if this was the right person, if it made that much of a difference in my business and all of that kind of stuff. And then if it was working well, I could increase those hours. Likewise, when I've had situations where I have lost clients, I have been able to scale back my contractor's work. And it's just really nice to have that flexibility. I also don't have to worry about paying sick leave or annual leave or any of those kind of benefits that comes with having an employee. Like there's a lot more terms and conditions, I guess, to a contract when you're hiring an employee and you take on a lot more risk 
And to me, just take on a lot more like admin and everything. And for a lot of us, we're not actually in the position to have enough work to keep someone on full-time or even part-time as an employee. So I guess that would be my first piece of advice for you guys if you're looking to hire someone. Contractors, hiring someone under a contract is really the best option. Now, how do I pay these people? What does it really look like? Well, for me, I hire people on an hourly rate because again, I like that flexibility of boosting someone's hours up and bringing them back down again. And that really worked for me and my business structure. That being said, though, I have also experienced hiring contractors on packages. So like what I offer, I offer social media packages and people pay me a set number or set fee for the month to work on their social media. I've done this with my podcast editor, with web designers and with one other community manager that I worked with for about six months. How much I paid my contractors really varied depending on their skill set, their experience, and what they were actually doing for my business. For my first ever hire, I decided to go with a virtual assistant. And this is commonly what a lot of online business owners will look to hire as their first sort of team member or person that they're outsourcing to. And I really like the flexibility or different skills that a virtual assistant can bring to the table. There's someone who could help manage your emails or manage your invoices and also help with posting and scheduling and maybe even someone who comes to your house and helps you with sending packages to the post shop or packing up things or even just tidying your office. That is what I like about, uh, I guess if they come to your office, they're not a virtual assistant, they'd be an in-person assistant or just an assistant. But that is what I like about that style of team member or worker within your business. However, the only downside to hiring a virtual assistant is they're not really a specialist. They are a generalist and they tend to be all right in a whole bunch of different jobs and areas. Like that's their kind of zone of genius is just being able to do a bit of everything. So they can design graphics on Canva. They know their way around Creator Studio, but they can also do other activities and they know how to organize your calendar and all of that kind of stuff. But they're not like a specialist. So something that I found when I hired a virtual assistant, they were really great and they did good work for me. But I found that after a while, it wasn't really filling the gap that I needed personally in my business. And I realized what I needed was some kind of content creator. And that was when I made my second hire, which was my friend, actually, Fleur, who you guys may have heard me talk about uh, before because she still works for me. And I kind of call Fleur my content creator, my chief content creator and copywriter. So when she came in, she started again just working two hours a week with me. And now she's up working around eight hours. To be honest, I am not someone who tracks the specific hours of my employees or my team members, I should say. Uh, So if they get all of the work done, if they do all their KPIs, their deliverables, etc., Uh, I don't care if they do that in four hours instead of eight hours. That's just one of the things that I personally like to do. And I guess the environment I like to create in my company. But anyway, I got a little bit sidetracked there. (laughs) I pay Fleur an hourly rate and it started um, at a two hour a week kind of contract. And then we increased it from there. So it was really nice as my company grew, I could also scale and increase her hours. And the reason I said you've probably heard me talk about Fleur before is because whenever I do episodes on the podcast talking about scaling, talking about growth, 
or my journey to 10K months, I always say that that point where I hired Fleur was the point that I finally broke through to the 10K milestone. Two months, one or two months after hiring Fleur was when I finally hit that. And previously I'd been stuck around that five to 7K mark. And I think that is the power of outsourcing. The number one thing it does is it frees up your time and enables you to go out there and make more money. Now, sometimes this can be really scary because initially you end up paying someone and maybe you're even paying them more than what you pay yourself, right? You're taking a little bit of a chance. You're taking a little bit of a leap. And sometimes it can take a month or two to see the rewards from that, right? Because you do need to start building up more clients and looking for more people or pitching to more people before you start seeing that income increase. So that was why it was around one to two months after I hired Fleur that I really saw the impact of what outsourcing had on me and my business. Now, a little while after that, I also started working with an intern and this was an unpaid internship because she came through a local university and she needed to do an internship with a local company to get credits for one of her papers she was doing. So it felt really good doing it unpaid because I was like, hey, at least I'm helping her towards her university degree. And then when that finished, I ended up paying her a little bit for one, a one-off contracting job, designing a book cover for me and doing some formatting and design stuff. I will say one of my biggest lessons in this sort of first year of outsourcing where I had a virtual assistant at one point, I had Fleur, then I had my intern. One thing that I really did realize was that experience when it comes to outsourcing is really valuable. This is when I decided that I actually didn't want to keep working with an intern or a virtual assistant because it was taking a lot of time to train these people and get their skills up to where I needed them to be. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't talk about with outsourcing. It can initially take up a lot of your time, right? You have to have Zoom training sessions with these people. You have to introduce them to your systems, the way you like to do things. And you also can't do it all at once. For example, the most recent contractor I hired into my business this year, I did like a staggered four-week process of getting her up to speed on the entire sort of key tasks I wanted her doing for the month. So every single week I would add a new task onto her list and it was like this slow trickle result of what I actually wanted her doing every week. And this took a month to get here right. So you have to be willing to invest some time initially to train people. And if you hire someone who is a complete beginner with no experience, this means you're going to have to spend even more time training with them. For me, time is so valuable. Time is the most valuable thing you have as a business owner. So if you want to hire someone, uh, save a little bit of money in and get someone in who doesn't know exactly what they're doing or hasn't worked in social media before, that's fine. But you have to be willing to sacrifice some time to get them trained and up to speed. And you have to make sure you are really picking the right person who has shown or proven to you in the interview process or with past jobs or past references that they can adapt and learn and take on new skills. This is the key thing to look for. So last year when I actually ended up hiring my second regular contractor to help me with my agency work, I ended up going for someone who actually of all the people that applied, they were the most expensive person. Like they gave me the biggest quote in the interview process. And I ended up going with them because I really valued their experience and I knew it would be such an easy transition. They would be really quick to train and they would be straight out of the gate ready and helping me. 
And that was a really cool experience for me and something that I really valued. The next time I hired my most recent contractor, or the last two contractors actually, was, okay, who can come in here with lots of energy, lots of experience, and I can say, hey, schedule this and create a studio, and they know exactly what to do. Like, they don't need hand-holding or walking through that process. So this next contractor I worked with for about six months, and they helped me with posting for clients, doing engagement, all of that kind of stuff, and... Unfortunately, we ended up parting ways just because they wanted to go in a different direction and focus on their own business, which I totally respect. And for me, it was a really great uh, learning opportunity to realize what role I really did need in my company. And initially I was thinking, oh, maybe I need someone to help with my own personal marketing, with my own courses and all of that kind of stuff. And I realized I just really needed help with my agency work, someone who could assist with the client side of things. So that was when I went and hired my next contractor and that was Hannah. And she actually is kind of funny. Both contractors were called Hannah. So uh, I mean, it's easy. I don't forget their name. <laughs> but when I hired my next contractor earlier this year, I really made sure I found someone who could do graphic work, who could do copywriting for captions and do a little bit of social media. Someone that I could assign or outsource my client work to and just not even have to worry and know that it was going to get done. It was going to get done on time and I could be really just relaxed and not have to stress out about what they were doing. The most recent contractor I started working with on and off, depending on like client projects, they are actually a former student of mine. So they've come through the Dishing Up Digital School. So that's a really cool advantage that I have. I can actually hire my own students to work with me. And I know that they already know my systems and how I do everything because they've literally come through an entire online course and learned from me how to, you know, how to be a social media manager. So that's really cool. And that's someone who's kind of like my third contractor that I work with on and off depending on client work. Like I had her working on one campaign and then that contract, it ended. So we didn't worked together for a couple of months and now I'm getting her back to work on a new client more recently. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a story of my contracting slash outsourcing history. <laughs> and I thought what, be, what would be interesting next is to just kind of really talk about how to figure out what tasks to outsource. Now that we've talked about when to know if you're ready for a contractor or outsourcing and also what it's looked like for me in terms of the first people I hired and how many hours they were working and how you could fluctuate that up and down as a contractor. Now it's time to talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of what these people are actually doing for you. And my best advice for this is it's going to vary depending on person to person. And my, my whole thing is to outsource the tasks that you either aren't as good at, like you're not an expert at, or the tasks that you simply don't enjoy. So for me, it was engagement. I could do engagement. I could comment and reply to comments and blah, 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 but I didn't love it. So that was my first thing to go. It was the first thing about my job that I just never enjoyed. <laughs> I never enjoyed it. And it's an important part of what I offer to clients. So I really wanted to outsource it. The next thing I looked at was captions, because for me, I love writing captions, so it wasn't that I didn't like doing the task. It wasn't that I wasn't good at doing the task, but for me, I was just really busy and I was like, what's something easy to outsource as a social media manager? That doesn't mean I have to give up client passwords 
that, you know, someone's logging into my client's account or, you know, all of those like other things. Like I wasn't relenting any sort of control, right? I was still the face of my business, the face-to-face with my clients. I was still doing the grunt of the work, coming up with the overall strategy, coming up with the posts, but just having someone assist with the captions. And that worked really well for me for quite a long time while I was scaling my business and when I was sitting around that 10K mark. The next task I kind of looked at was Instagram stories. I generally do like graphic design stories for clients every week. So things that are like this or that polls or like top tips or just like little bits of fun designs of text. And I really, again, really liked doing these, but they were taking up a lot of my time. And I think when it comes to outsourcing, you do need to do a bit of a time audit and figure out where you're sinking your hours and your days and what is actually generating the most income. So for me, it was really important that I always had time to do my my marketing for my business because that would ultimately generate more leads and customers. It was also really important for me to be available for emails for people that were interested in working with me or clients who had questions or queries or wanted updates or that client communication factor, which is really important as a social media manager. That wasn't something I wanted to outsource. I wanted that one-to-one interaction with my clients and then just being available for like sales calls and actually selling my services. And again, maybe if you're someone who hates sales, you could hire a sales specialist who took all your sales calls and did that whole process. But for me, I knew if I spent more time on my marketing, on my sales, this literally led to me making more money. So if I could outsource some of the little tasks like graphics and stories, then I could focus on more sales generating activities. From there, the most recent contractors I've hired have also helped me with scheduling content. And this is just because I've gotten to the point where I have too many clients to be managing all of their like DMs and posts personally and I was getting to the point where I was trying to schedule things for like the evening and it would take hours or it just was like taking up so much of my time and I was finding it really boring so that was the point probably I would say what like two and a half years into being full-time was when I started outsourcing bigger chunks of an account to people but the way that I structure my business is that I still I still sit on top of all of these accounts and these clients I'm still the one doing the overarching strategy often what I'm doing is creating the like uh, layout and schedule for the month and the reels and choosing the images and then I'll send them to my contractors to fill in things like captions and graphics I'll check everything that I'm happy with it all and then another contractor will be the one scheduling it making sure comments are replied to etc now in saying that I still have three clients that I manage entirely myself and I love doing that it still keeps me really involved But I feel like I give a better service now, making sure that I have two other girlies working for me who are making sure those four to five other clients are getting the best service, that their comments are getting replied to on time, that their posts are rolling out on time. And if I was trying to do this across seven or eight accounts by myself, I know, or I I do know because it has happened, it does get really tiring and you do get spread thin a little bit. And that is why outsourcing is so helpful. So I'm hoping that answers most of your questions on outsourcing and building your dream team and gives you a really cool insight into how I've grown, how I've increased who is, you know, working for me and how much I'm outsourcing. 
I'm trying to think if there's any more questions you guys might need to know. Uh, one other thing that's popped in my head is how I pay my contractors. The New Zealand guys are all through bank transfer. International contractors are through PayPal, just like with my clients. Or sometimes my contractors might have another PayPal type service that they use. And that's totally all good. Sometimes I might have to use like my debit card to pay it through whatever system that they use. And my standard payment system is to pay all my contractors or most of the time pay them at the beginning of the month. Month. So they get paid for the month in full ahead. And I do this is because, and I do this because that's exactly how I charge my clients. And I just think that's the best way to work as a contractor, making sure you're getting paid in full upfront. And so I'm really happy to do that for my contractors as well. So hopefully this has given you a really good insight into contracting and outsourcing to help scale your business. If you are ready to dive into this further and work one-on-one -on -one with me to scale your business and work on things like outsourcing, hiring your dream team, going further in depth into this, looking at how to charge a more premium price, all of that kind of stuff, come join Scale on Social, the mastermind. Link is in the podcast show notes. Send me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions. But for now, I'm going to leave this episode here and I will catch you next week. Bye guys.